Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Oh. If I know. Keeps us sane, and also huge announcement. 
the format in which the yard HBCU sports will be coming to the world will be changing yes. as of tomorrow. Um, oh, wow. We will be doing everything via video. So I'll be doing nice. shorts, basically covering everything uh, for the week coming and also doing previews and, and just small commentary on things that are going on over the, throughout the week. So once everything is set up, we're going to do everything through uh, YouTube. I'm going to start putting out the links, and, and that's how we're going to start doing everything from here on out. Also, we're going to start doing um, a lot of things via Facebook Live in terms of live pregame and postgame coverage of games, and also a, mm-hmm. a couple of insider videos as well in, in terms of seeing things from the, the perspective of the sidelines, also pregame and postgame on the sidelines with players and coaches as well of your favorite teams. And, and, and we're going to go ahead and disseminate it out that way instead of just doing your traditional uh, blog responses and, and stories. You know what? That's awesome. I need to get my ass together and do more videos as well. I'm just too lazy. So props to you for for getting the videos together. And, yeah, just let the world know. I know you can go on Facebook and everything and on Twitter. So please mm-hmm. follow me. Bless us with the information once that gets up and running. So that's awesome news. So speaking of no HBCU sports, at least kind of sort of, well, actually we will be touching on that momentarily when we talk about college football's week one. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Get up, but I'll get to that in a moment. I'm, I'm just going to tease it. Um, <laughs> how wonderful, how great was the week, the full week? Well, I'm not talking about the previous week where I just maybe two or three games. I'm talking about the whole kit and caboodle. Last yes. Saturday, this past Saturday, I should say, a couple of Sunday night games that were very, they were very entertaining, and the Monday night game between Tennessee and Georgia Tech. So, oh. I mean, I'll give my, I'll give my quick take on it real quick, and I'm gonna give you the floor. Um, All right. As always, we as fans and folks in the media as well, they, we, I should say, we all tend to panic after week one. You know what I mean? It's like if our team does not perform up to snuff. You know, we fly off the handle. I I flew off the handle at my beloved Asian State Wolfpack on that in a moment as well, um, dropping the game to South Carolina. But I guess we all tend to forget that this is like week one, which is means that it's essentially since they don't have a preseason, the preseason game. You know, that's mm-hmm. why a lot of teams these teams schedule. I don't want to call them cupcakes necessarily, but just smaller school opponents. And yeah. uh, you know, that's that's why they do that. But, I mean, a few things stuck out to me, man. Um, I screwed it. I'm, I'm, I, uh, <laughs> I'll probably just go, like, go off the rails or go when I talk NC State. But you oh, and no, your that's talk. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, mean, oh. I will go off the rails. Trust me. I will go off the rails on NC State. I mean, I'm just totally, totally disgusted with Dave Doran. Um, but, anyway, <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, and and also I thought about you when Maryland beat Texas the way that they oh. did. I mean that that was a, I mean forget the final score, that was a domination by Maryland on the road. Yeah. So I watched that almost from start to finish. But I was thinking, you know, I know Dwayne is looking at his shots right now. His 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 beloved Terrapins is record shot on Fox Sports right now. It's Fox Sports One. But at any rate, give me your thoughts on Week One. Uh, the well, before, what stuck out to you the most? 
Well, before I get to my week one thoughts, it's weird because I thought about you about the exact same game, mainly because of Charlie Strong. But, you know, maybe we'll talk yeah. about that a little bit later on. But oh, for those God. that follow me on Twitter, it, 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 it was weird. It's weird that, that that happened. I don't know how or why that's the case, but, you know. But, yeah, for those that follow me on, tw- on Twitter and those that are friends of mine on Facebook, I referred to this past uh, college football week as Guard Your Grill Saturday because, my yeah. God, it didn't matter – who you were or where you were, you was getting a piece. You know, if if, if you weren't playing to to the best of your ability, you was going to catch a piece. And, yeah, you can go ahead and call those, some of those games cupcakes if you want. Remember when we were growing up, especially during Halloween, they always told your parents to check your candy because sometimes yeah. that weird dude on the block will probably put that razor blade in the apple which was kind of weird to me. I'm still trying to figure out how that was possible. But, right, right, you know, right. all that crazy stuff, if you ain't careful, that razor blade apple was coming at you, and it came at a couple of people this weekend. Um, there were a couple yeah, of things, you know. It, it, you know, we, we we talked about a couple. Dwayne, you there, buddy? Oh, boy. Hold on for a second. Um, uh, let's see. Maybe having some... Technical difficulties here. Dwayne, you there? Okay. Once Dwayne gets back in, uh, we're going to uh, just try to keep it moving here. But at any rate, uh, he was talking about, he was giving his thoughts on. The five? Um, okay. Now, oh, now hello? Okay. Yeah. okay, I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Well, what I was saying was, there, there's, there yeah. was um, one word that came to mind over the past couple of days that outside of Guard Your Grill Saturday, that kind of described what was going on this past weekend, which was parity. You know, we don't see it as much within the the, the Power Five conferences, or sometimes we'll see it occasionally, but outside of that, those other conferences, and then you start talking about the the, the good teams that they play from the FCS level, yeah. We started to see the FCS level teams sneak up and, and beat some of these lower level FBS teams, and then there were some occasions where Division two teams were beating FCS opponents. So these rivalries, food, if you want, you let these levels get to you if you want. With these guys leaving early, these guys are transferring now, and right. in the case of Howard, like we just talked about, you know. Maybe it's improved coaching in that situation. Who knows? You start getting those things together. These teams that not that weren't supposed to beat you are now beating you, and are starting to become a little bit more impressive. So that's that was my roundup for this past weekend, man. If you weren't paying attention, you was gonna get snuck, and you was gonna get embarrassed, and in some cases, you paid for it. Case in point, <laughs> UNLV, literally paying for right. it. Yeah, exactly. They literally pay for it. And if you bet against them, you got paid. Uh, but I'll throw to that yes. in a moment, man. But, but yo, your point, I think I, I think that we didn't learn from what happened 10 years ago this past Saturday when Appalachian State, and I don't even remember exactly where I was. I was chilling at, um, at Triangle Town Center in Raleigh uh, about to mm-hmm. get, you know, get a bite to eat. When I when the following score flashed upon my cell phone, when when App State beat Michigan in the big house, yes. 
on a butt field goal. That was probably one of the most awesome upsets. That was the clip this past weekend, so it's the point spread of Paul Cox. Um, yes. You know, which, which, which was a, a question I might as well get to some teasing it too much. Howard, the number that they did at UNLV. Now, Howard, I, I, I believe I'm correct, and help me on this, was a 45-point underdog. And, yes, sir. And, 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 and which means, obviously, which means even though they played UNLV, they had no chance, no, no snowball chance of hell of winning. But along came a freshman by the name of Kalen uh, Newton, who happens to be the youngest mm-hmm. brother, Cam Newton. And yes. he put on a show. And My that God. same power team coached by a former Virginia team uh, coach, Mike London, who also coached the Richmond Spiders to natural relevance on the FCS level way back when. So mm-hmm. you have all those components mixed up together. Combined the fact that even though UNLV is a is a FBS school, I mean they 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 weren't ready. I mean, granted the school no. was close, but the fact of the matter is that you let an FCS school come into your crib after you paid them to come to your crib because we all know how that goes. You know they normally pay the small schools to come, um, mm-hmm. and they got beat. And yes, basically as a result, Mike both like Mike London. And Kalen uh, Newton, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his name right. Kalen. Kalen, yes. Uh, uh, now, like, national news. What national news looks like over the weekend. And good for them. Yes. Good for both of them. Um, mm-hmm. Back to week one, as far as, like, like, in the whole, as a whole, I was, there were some teams that they had to be kicking themselves in the ass. Squarely in the ass, letting games get away. Case in point, NC State against South Carolina. On paper, yes. on paper, NC State had no damn bit to lose in South Carolina. On paper, okay. NC State supposed to have the, one of the best front service in the country coming back. There's like sophomores, they're like juniors and seniors now, led by I think his name is like like I won the Chubb boy. Uh, not Nick Chubb, but Nick Chubb's brother, older brother. Um, I forget his name. But um, nevertheless, and they had a better quarterback and have Finley, but they just got out coached. I mean, it's rare that, you know, people would say, especially after the Florida years of, about Miss, uh, Will Muschamp, that he could out coach folks. But he out coached mm-hmm. the hell out of Dave Dorn. It's like, Watching Dave Doran year after year, you see the same mistake over and over and over. Big game, national television, they failed to show up. Case in point, that kickoff return to, to open the game for South Carolina. As soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, it's over. We're not ready to play. We're, we're not ready to play. And, and it was a tough, and granted, I know it's a Charlotte, it's Wild Cross, for South Carolina, on an hour and change away from Columbia, yeah. but still, mm-hmm. you got to represent. You're on national television. you got to show the hell up and take and let people notice, hey, we're in this. We're going to be a force to be wrecked with. But, nope, the defense laid an egg. Um, Dave Dorn got outcoached by, 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 uh, by Muschamp, didn't have his troops ready to play, and it's the same old crap over and over and over again. And also – to a lesser extent, Tennessee and Georgia Tech. 
Georgia Tech ran for almost mm. a thousand yards. Yes. Up and down Tennessee. And yet Tennessee came up with a win. Why? Because of four special teams play and a dubious coach in turnovers, rather, and dubious coaching decision when Paul Johnson elected to go for two early in overtime instead of just going for one and playing. And Because the thing is, some people have missed out on, when he went for two, he could have went for one, but the, the, they have they have to go to two the next time they score, both teams score, like like, like the next cycle. You know what I mean? So, in other, ah. words, in other words, he could have and perhaps should have waited and get the extra point and make Tennessee get the two points, make Tennessee score again. Because mm-hmm. Tennessee could not stop Georgia Tech's ground game. They could not stop them. And But the, and the, the most heartbreaking thing about that is you know, special teams did them in as well, as they did Florida State against uh, Alabama. And they yes, did as well. I mean, the, the special teams, it just goes to show the special teams are pretty damn important. Because it, it, <laughs> it cost the three, it, it cost these two teams winnable games because they should have won. So I know, again, it's early. They can clean that stuff up. But now you're going to hear SEC fans. Crow about getting the best of ACC this past weekend. Oh, yeah. Everything. Oh, yeah. So, I'm surprised I haven't heard much of it hear, yet, but you're right. we gotta, we got to hear that now. I mean, t- I mean, Tennessee and South Carolina have no damn business when it was there to respect the games. But I have one more thing at least. Mm-hmm. Virginia Texas. I think Virginia Texas is really, really bad. They beat a good, a damn good West Virginia team on a neutral site um, uh, Sunday night. And that was the thing of beauty. I mean, when they were singing Mr. Enter Sandman at the end, um, you know, that was, that, that, that was, that was awesome. Um, but let me just add, as a, as you, I'm all, I'm, I'm all over the place, as you can tell, because I'm just thinking of shit to say. Um, <laughs> it was an exciting weekend. I, I, I don't blame you. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of crap to say just here and there and there and here, if you will. But have you ever seen a choke job that Texas A&M pulled? Against themselves at at UCLA, uh, thirty eight to ten. How the hell are you go? Well, actually forty four to ten. How the hell are you gonna lose a forty four to ten lead with two minutes to change left in the third quarter? How is that possible? How you the know hell what? Is that possible? Off the top of my head, I can't think of one. Uh, it, not clearly, at least. But you're right. That 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 uh, allowing them to come from behind to win that game, and then of course the, the fake spike. A la Dan Marino was was superb, but you you can't sweet. give those games away. But you know what? It just happens. It, it happens to show that teams in those conferences. What's that? The um, and Texas A and M is in the uh, SEC, right? SEC West, SEC West. Yeah, so I'm I'm surprised that they don't, you know, play a little bit better defense than that. You know, especially in the conference that they're in. But um, right. yeah, you can't you can't you can't give up games like that, and it's gonna that 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 may be a, a, a telltale situation for the entire year. You hope that they can clean that up, you know, as the season goes goes along and they compete within the conference if they want to go ahead and make right. a bowl game because they they can't lay another egg like that. They just can't do it. Right. Um, I got another situation that was like that was also Indiana Ohio State. I mean, we all knew that Ohio State was that much of a better team. But guys, they yeah. were up twenty-one to twenty, and we know that Indiana was able to give fits to a couple of 
The matter of fact, both Penn State and Ohio State last year. But right. you know, Ohio State just decided we want to come from. We want to go ahead and play now, and and, and right. score what twenty nine straight. Yeah, so you, yeah. you can't have those situations. But that, there was another word I completely forgot about uh, that that also sums up this past weekend scheduling, especially out of conference scheduling. It's something that we're yeah. starting to see over the past couple of years. At first, it was just more or less. You know, to to ha- have these teams play on neutral sites for these universities to get money that way, um, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to two teams that are in neighboring states to play in a city that's kind of like a central city you know, on a neutral site for them to go ahead and get this mm-hmm. money. But now with these conferences scared that someone a representative from their conference won't make the playoffs, they're making better schedules too, which are creating better situations, especially in week one. And we're about to see another matchup this coming Saturday in Ohio State and Oklahoma, which causes yeah. which cause these great matchups to come out and be. But you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm thankful that that's the case because you're right now because these teams want to make the playoffs, they're not scheduling uh, North Dakota State, which they're probably kind of scared to play them too because they don't want to lose to them. Right. They're not scheduling Steve Austin. They're not scheduling, you know, A and T or 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 Bethune-Cookman. So we're we're getting better football in week one and more watchable football in week one and more compelling games in week one. But the one matchup and the one upset that we haven't talked about, Liberty and Baylor. Yes. My God. Talk talk about another embarrassing situation for the Big 12. Not as bad uh, spread-wise, as Howard UNLV, even though it was kind of questioned why wasn't the case with Baylor being that much better than than, than UNLV as you would expect. But right. for Liberty to go into Baylor, into Waco, their quarterback airing out for almost 500 yards and give it to Baylor like that, that puts a, another black eye on the Big 12 Conference in terms of whether or not you need to have a representative in the playoffs or not. And if Oklahoma loses to uh, to, to to Ohio State, big, mm-hmm. that's a knockout blow. That's a knockout yeah. blow. There is nothing the Big 12 can say in terms of, hey, we need to go ahead and have somebody in the um, in the playoffs unless Oklahoma State trounces Oklahoma this year. That's the only way that I can see it happening. Right, and they had to do it twice because they got the conference championship game back back now. Yeah, so which that's be, right. Which would be weird and awkward, especially if Oklahoma <laughs> turns to favor the following week, uh, <laughs> which they're capable. Of exactly. That just shocked me, man. That when Baylor lost to Liberty, it's sh- it's shocking and hilarious at the same time. Shocking for obvious reasons, but hilarious because I don't know if you know this, but Baylor's former. AD is now the AD at Liberty. Ian, Ian, oh, really? Ian, uh, McGraw. Yeah. When, so, like, when that's his redemption song Oklahoma. for real? Oh. Yeah, yeah, for real. For real, for real. Um, <laughs> 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 isn't it? I mean, the same, the, the, you know, Ian McGraw was let go doing that, the whole sex, sex, sexual assault scandal that happened at Baylor. So he, yeah. of course, all files got fired. Uh, you know, the, the president got reassigned and demoted, and, and eventually he, he 
forgiveness quitting. Uh, but yeah, the M McGraw, the same that that same M McGraw is now at Liberty, and his new school be but there. That's why I say it's this redemption song because of, of course for those that don't know, Liberty is basically Jerry. Is it Jerry Falwell or is it the other uh, Jerry, TV evangelist? It's Jerry, it's Jerry Falwell, cool. Jerry, uh, I think yes. it's Jerry Falwell, if I'm not mistaken. I'm yeah, not mistaken. so it's, it's his university. So basically, he's been forgiven of whatever sins he had at Baylor and was allowed to go to Liberty. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's hilarious. That's hilarious on so many levels. But, yeah. That's freaking funny. Oh. But I, I have just one more thing to say, and you can add on it if you want. I mean, we, we like like we touched upon Maryland and, and Texas already, um, mm-hmm. but I was to your point. I was thinking a lot about Charlie Strong, you know, thinking you know these same guys, a strong recruiter. This is supposed to be the, the breakout year for Texas, and I mm-hmm. firmly believe because strong, Charlie Strong did not leave the cup, the uh, the uh, the uh, cup of bear. He left some dudes behind. He, he left some good players. The same freshmen that he that that he recruited are now uh, juniors and some seniors, and you know some and a few sophomores. I mean they're they're fairly young, and you know this is the year that Texas is supposed to be really good. And mm-hmm. part of me wonders, well, shit. I guess like did they want Charles Strong to be around so that Charles Strong get the credit for winning with the players that he recruited? Now I understand again. I understand that you can't. And I said this last year. You can't be lose to Kansas. I understand that. I, I, under, I mm-hmm. totally understand that. So, I mean, you're not going to get an argument from me on that. But I just felt like the way he was so unfairly treated throughout his tenure, throughout his tenure, I mean, he was like behind the eight ball when he stepped his foot on the campus. It's, it's just, I don't want to say grappling, but because you hate to see a guy, and it's a guy lose the way Tom Herman did to Maryland. That, I mean, that's not Tom Herman's fault in terms of the stuff that went on with Charlie Strong, obviously. But they, mm-hmm. being the tech boosters, administration, fans, media, they wanted Tom Herman for a long time. They were mm-hmm. waiting for Charlie Strong to get his ass fired so they could hurry Tom Herman in town. And this is what they got. I know it's the first game, but that's hilarious. That, that's, that's hilarious. Losing to Maryland the way they did at home. Was That's still supposed to be a winnable game. I don't. I don't care, first game or not. That's supposed right. to be a winnable game for Texas, and it's kind of <clears throat> interesting because I'm, I'm. I'm sorry to keep talking about them because I know that they've got a lot of shine this week, but it's kind of full circle with what happened between Howard and UNLV, and the reason why I bring that up, it's 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 full circle, but it's also the inverse with that situation, because I felt as though. Um, Gary Harrell, who was the former head coach, you know, known as Flea, wild, former wide receiver at Howard, was the, the the head coach over at Howard for like the past six years. Um, right. He had some rough times over at Howard. Matter of fact, if I remember correctly, they finished the year one and ten last year. But mm. you know, he felt as though that with a, a couple of new recruits that he had coming in, and soon to be the best back in the conference that they, maybe they'll be able to compete, but he wasn't given a chance to do so this year. But now you bring in uh, – uh, 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 God, his name just escapes me that quick, and that's bad. Mike London. The, the tri- Mike London. Mike London, yes. You bring in Mike London, who, of course, has pedigree uh, uh, from his previous stints 
at Richmond and at Virginia, and um, he wins. You know, he he beats a F, uh, F, FBS school with Flea's guys. You know, Kalen Newton was a, a Flea recruit. So mm-hmm. it, it begs to differ, you know, is it necessarily the, 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 the talent pool that's the problem at, at the FCS level, or is it the coaching that's the issue? Because who's to say that Flea would have gone out there and coached his team to a win, but it's the exact same team that we know, like London, who can coach on the FBS uh, level, Takes the same team out to uh, to UNLV and, and they win. So who right. can say that you know a lot of these FBS coaches, if they were to go to the FCS level, that they wouldn't be successful with the same type of talent? You know that's why I'm I'm, right. I'm gonna ask that question. Do we really celebrate Mike London for that win, or should you know Flea Harrell get a little piece of that too because those are his players? You know, and I, I just find that to be to be curious. And that's something I've always wondered about second, well, one double A, if you will, or even Division two guys. If you were to have some of these former Division one guys to come down and coach these guys up a little bit, right? And that's the question. That's the perfect question for the Double S Project uh, Facebook page. So <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of my fellow Aggies would would try, would love to chime in on that and provide their own perspective on that because that's a good point. One last bit on uh, college football, full week one, as I keep calling it. Um, speaking of, well, of coaching job security and on hot seats, going back to the Texas A&M game, I'm afraid for Kevin Summer. I, I really am. He's, for, for, by all accounts, he's one of the good guys in college football. There are not many black coaches on the FBS, or, like on the FBS level, particularly in the Power Five. Um, exactly. And Already had a green border reacher come out on Facebook like a little petulant child and call for his head uh, so early mm. in the game. Um, it doesn't look good. I was I was I was hoping for the best when they went up forty four to ten before he went to a coaching brain freeze and refused to run the ball and you know allowed those guys back. And of course, obviously allowed UCLA back to the game so they could come from behind twenty four points down. And when um, do you see Sumlin, Coach Sumlin, surviving the season? If if can he even make it through the season at this point? I I hope so. And this is something that I kind of briefly talked about uh, on social media over the past couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, we, we we talk about Colin Kaepernick and, and he him being blackballed. And the the same people who are boycotting, you know, the NFL because of him being blackballed are the same. Some of them are also watching games on Saturday, not realizing that black coaches get blackballed. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to need you to go ahead and kind of take that into perspective as well. And that's why I'm a little afraid, just like you said, when you talk about black coaches on the FBS level, you know, they, they they have a shorter leash. For whatever reason, I have no idea right. why that's the case, you know. And, and and then you talk about programs in certain states, and we all know what those states are. A lot of them are southern states, state of Texas, that's right. Louisiana, Florida, right. Georgia, Alabama, Alabama especially. 
you don't win there and, and you don't do it within three to four years, you out of there. And in right. some cases, you might not even get a look anyplace else. And I mean anyplace else. Now, you may not want to take a job at a lower level. That's on you. But a lot of times on that FCS uh, level, the FBS level, I'm sorry, you won't even get another look. You won't get another opportunity. It, it, it saddens right. me. So, you know, I, I hope for his sake that he can turn it around and at least get seven wins and go to a bowl game. Because if he doesn't, he, he's probably done. You know, this game will not be forgotten. Even though it's out of conference, it won't be forgotten. Mm-hmm. And, and, no. and, and, you know, he he's going to have to turn it around and turn it around quick. They probably have a cupcake this week, but um, once they start getting into conference play, you got you got to show up that defense. We know that they can score yeah. points, but they're going to have to show up short that defense ball. for him. And, and, and they can run the ball, you know. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for the best for him, but I'm, I'm scared. I'm really scared. I mean, part of me has to wonder a lot of it, like because I was listening to what was formerly called Sirius XM, like uh, College Sports Nation, Sirius XM Radio, that's now called ESPU, ESPNU yes. Radio. Uh huh. Which was slick, by the way, very slick on that part. But I was listening to a show called The Full Ride. Full ride with uh, Chris uh, Chris Childers. He made the okay. point with um, UCLA coach Rick Neuheisel that he like he believes that someone would get a job within five minutes if he got fired from Texas A and M. And I hope he's and I hope he's right. I hope he's mm-hmm. right because again, someone is one of the few good guys college football. He knows how to coach offense. He's not an idiot. Okay, we all do stupid things. All times. I mean, I've seen great coaches do stupid things at some times. But mm-hmm. in this case, running the football after they're up by 34 points in two minutes and change, not too good on the third quarter. But that's neither here nor there. The point is that Childers and many others like him believe that someone would be hired, rehired, something would be rehired somewhere in a New York minute. And I hope he's right. I hope that they're right. I'm like you, though. I'm very skeptical. I mean, I'm sure Charlie Strong landed back on his feet, but it's out of power. But it's out of group of five schools. Nothing wrong mm-hmm. with five school, particularly South Florida. It's a good school, but still, and like a, like in a great conference like the American Athletic Conference, which is like the Power Six almost. But yeah. Nevertheless, nevertheless, just I, I want to see these brothers get more opportunities, like their as do their as as, as do their white counterparts. Which I'm glad that some of the white counterparts do get second chances. I just don't mm-hmm. think it's fair, but it is. It is. But again, I, I'm hoping that Chris Childers was correct about uh, uh, someone getting another job within five minutes of A&M was holding up and firing or stupid thing like to fire and vice versa on one's perspective. But hell, I mean, my school could use it. They could use a guy like someone, but. Um, I'm just hoping he's right, but I'm just I'm just skeptical and I'm really afraid. So I guess that's the story. Yeah, see, that's my thought. Out. Yeah, and I'm just gonna say this real quick. That's just my thought. Would he be hired real quick as a head coach or as a coordinator? Because we know that you know once again he coach offense, but would someone entrust their program to him? So that right. that's that's the thing I want to see. 
Well, actually, right. I don't want right. to see it. I want him to succeed at Texas A&M. That's what I want him to do. Yes, yes, I, and, I, and I do too. I just have a feeling that that if, if things, if, he, if it's another eight and five season, and, and 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 you know, I know I'm kind of belaboring the point. I'm stuck on A&M for a minute, but let's just be clear about something. People at A&M and schools like A&M should just shut the bleep up. I mean, you're not <laughs> Alabama, you're not the University of Texas, you're not Auburn. You're not LSU. You're A&M. If you win, <laughs> a win should be considered awesome. Okay? You're not winning the SEC West anytime soon because one, Nick Saban, and Auburn has resources too, and LSU. You're mm-hmm. not winning the SEC West. And you're not definitely not, which means you're definitely not winning the SEC anytime soon. He's not, he doesn't suck. He's not going six and six. Seven five. He has. He, I mean, he's averaging eight to nine wins a season. And, yeah. and you know what though? It's, it's, it's similar things that happened to uh, Mike London up in Virginia his first year. Sometimes you're a victim of your own success. Mm-hmm. Some of the guy in the town was Johnny Manziel. Won ten games. Was the talk of the SEC and it beat Alabama that year at Alabama in Tuscaloosa, rather. And even though they've gone eight and five since. I mean, it's not like it's, it's terrible, but I just I just get sick and tired of these, these places, these schools having unrealistic expectations. Am I a little biased in some of those cases? Perhaps because I like some a lot. I'm I'm just I'm I'm just I just wish that you know, people would let go of unrealistic, unrealistic expectations because who's going to leave that program? Who's really going to get A and M over that whatever hump that they have in their mind? Uh-huh. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. So anyway, there are a lot of programs like that in college football that 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 yeah. suffer from that way back in the day syndrome that they're stuck on the success that they may have had in the seventies, mm-hmm. the sixties, even the fifties, right. and they're longing for those days, not realizing that the other programs in your conference that have let you, dude. Just be happy yep. with those eight wins. Be happy with those nine wins that you're going through a bowl game. Because unless your fortunes change quickly and you can impress some of those um, higher recruits to come to your program, mm-hmm. deal with what you got, bro. Because you could very easily yep. be three and seven, you know, two right. two and eight, and, and be in a lot worse situation than what you currently are. Yeah, exactly. They actually go after San Francisco 49ers when they did all about the way they did. And how about mm-hmm. that for a sec? That's a sec way. The NFL season. <laughs> yes. Twenty seventeen NFL season. So we're going to do first. We're going to go by Division One just like we did last year and the year before that. And all right, I'll we'll go by divisions. I'll give my division winners. You give your division winners wild cards or whatever. And Let's see if we can laugh at each, each other at each other's uh, uh, predictions like we do every year. Um, so <laughs> I'm about to, I'm about to start with my predictions that some may go wrong, but I don't think this will go on. Let's start with the AFC East. We all know that New England's going to moonwalk them dash to show another division title. I mean, who's in that division? We got my starting dude named Jay Cutler out of retirement. So then the second set the world on fire. You got the Buffalo Bills. 
you don't know how to make the playoffs again after I don't know, how many years, like 20 years, seems like. Yeah. Maybe a little less. And what the hell is it just doing at quarterback? Me and you, you and I, rather, my brother, uh, uh, Previn, all those cast mantis, we could put up better passing stats than the, than the cast of the Jets have on their staff right now. It's just, it's just terrible. It's just hilariously terrible. <laughs> the acronym that like uh, like the name the Jets is actually an acronym for just end the season. It's just ridiculous. Oh wow. It's just wow. ridiculous. It's, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> you like how I did it. I came out yes. I came up with that about a year ago. I'm so proud of myself for that. But I assume you have uh New England win the same division as well. Oh yeah. Yeah that, <laughs> I don't think I, that's hard. Uh, not at all, not at all, and, and and I hate to be boring, because I know statistically, about four to five teams are replaced in the playoffs every year, but my yeah. picks don't reflect that at all, and, and you'll see what I'm talking about in a minute. But yeah, um, AFC East, I got New England winning it, it's hands down. Right. I don't know why I didn't ask the question, but you know I had to, I had to ask the question. Yeah. But we're <laughs> on. Um, I got my beloved Steelers winning. I think that uh, you know, we, like, like we got the renowned, we had no Octavius Bryant back in the fold. That's our deep threat. Take the pressure off of one. Um, uh, what is his God, his name? Antonio Bryant. Antonio Brown. I, don't know, I just got a brain freeze tonight. Maybe I'm still tired. But at any rate, he laid your bell in the backfield with Big Ben Roethlisberger. Slinging the rock. Mm-hmm. Defense is improving. That's all I need is an improving defense. We got the division. I'm really intrigued with Cincinnati. I'm really intrigued with those cats because they got offensive talent, but the offensive line is thin. And every sign went mm-hmm. well. They, you know, they lost a couple of the injuries. The defense is nasty, but they're going to take a hit with Montez Burfitt going bonehead in the preseason, even though that wasn't an illegal hit, but it should have known better. He's out for the first three games, I think, three, four games. So that may hurt them. I thought it was six. Or was it reduced? Oh, six? Six? Uh, oh, I thought that was three, uh-huh. four. Oh, well. It was six. Either way, I, no, no, I'm it's four. Fan. It's four. It's four. It's four. <laughs> but, but nevertheless. No, wait, I'm sorry. No, it's that... five. They gave him five. Oh, they gave him five. five for that. Okay. Yeah. That's right. That's, that's about a quarter of the season. Um. But I really think that Cincinnati has some great young, and I don't. I think that Vontez Burfitt's suspension will hurt them a bit, not a whole lot, but mm-hmm. uh, I still see him being Baltimore week one. Speaking of which, I don't know how good a shape uh, Joe Flacco is going to be in. Uh, he missed the whole preseason, as you know, with a back injury. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how they're going to be. They still have a hell of a defense. Well, that's going to be too bad. That's going to be wasted by more of an offense. So um, it's like, you know, I want to. I mean, you can't count out Baltimore. They're so well run as an organization, but I, I don't think they have enough offense to overcome that. It's, particularly if Joe Flacco is less than 100 percent start the season. And as much as I back, well, hell, I was I was going to say as much as I back on Cleveland Browns, they do have young talent. So I'm a bag on them anyway. I mean, you let go Joe Hayden, and I and I get it. Joe Hayden is not healthy. Hasn't been as healthy as he was in recent years. He's scheduled to make 11 mil. Thinking my Steelers swiped him up on the waiver off the waiver wire. 
secondary. But I, I do like the fact that Cleveland has some great talent, young talent. I, I love Miles Garrett, even though he could play with, a, a, with more of a motor and not take plays off. But I also like – I love the Jabril Peppers pick. I loved it a lot. Mm. I think he's something that Ed Reed likes. He was just a jack-of-all-trades. Uh, well, 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 not Ed Reed. I'm sorry, but Sean Taylor. He's going to be – I think he's going to be another Sean Taylor. Uh, I think he's like because he can play at both safety positions. He can play a linebacker if he needs to, and he can lay the wood. He can yeah. really lay the wood. And so I, I think that he's going to be a player I'm going to be interested in watching the entire season. Um, but they have nice talent, and they'll win more than one game. I, I give Cleveland maybe yes. four or five games. I, I think that as long as that's more – as, as, as long as they're patient with Hugh Jackson and the rookie quarterback, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, who I think has a lot of talent, um, I, I, I think that this is the beginning. Again, I hate the, I, I hate Cleveland, but I think this is the beginning of – of, 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 of a little turnaround here. So as long as the front office, and granted, and we all know that Cleveland in terms of the front office and coaching staff is probably the, the most blackest team, is perhaps the blackest team in the league um, yes. by a long shot. So there's best interest there as well, but I, I just think that they need to be patient. Let the process play mm-hmm. out and see where it's Because they still have a whole lot of draft picks the following year, like next year as well. So, I mean, it, it, the sky's living for Cleveland. There's light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. I know it's been a long time, but I, I think the future is bright for the Browns, but it's, this process is going to really start this year. So, what are your thoughts on AFC North, sir? AFC North, just like, well, like you said, actually, I'm going to go the inverse one. I'm going to steal the old Chris Rock line. You say the sky's the limit. For Cleveland, I'm gonna say the limits the sky. <laughs> that was wrong of me. I shouldn't have said that. But I like you. That's not nice. I know. I know. But I like you. Nice though. Go ahead. I you know you can't go wrong with the classics. But I agree with you. I think that Cleveland has a lot of young talent. Once again, I hope that they're patient with you and and that GM that's over there, and that they allow them to build this team and construct this team in a very difficult conference with division. I'm sorry, because you have teams yeah. in that division, like Cincinnati, Baltimore, and right. Pittsburgh, which have been competitive and have won titles in that division over the past couple of years. So but right. I'm going to let ask the brass in Cleveland to allow this team to build and get to where they need to go because the, the, the foundation is there. They were competitive last year. And I, I like you, agree, they're not going to win one game this year. You know how difficult it is to only win one game in two years in the NFL? That's insane. Yeah. And, and hopefully they'll avoid as many injuries as they had last year. Even with the injuries, there were a lot of games in which there were, they were close games that they had. You know, so oh, yeah. I, I expect them to win about four, three to four games. And, and still be competitive in the ones that they lose. Um, Cincinnati, I don't know if I trust them in their their injury situation yet because they, they always tend to give me two important guys to get hurt on both sides of the ball. 
So if they can show me that they can stay healthy for an entire year, maybe. But I expect them to be a little bit better than Baltimore because I don't know what Baltimore is going to do offensively yet. Um, there are people out there that like Terrence, uh, Terrence West and Danny Woodhead back there in that backfield. But that quarterback situation, I don't know about Flacco. And I want to mm-hmm. see whether or not he's going to be capable of competing hurt. And and that defense ain't that old Baltimore defense that we know, but they're getting better as well. But I don't think that they're as good as and will be able to compete with the team that I have within the division, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they have the, the, the three best skill players in offense in the NFL, or, or, or right. I would say the best three. Uh, you, you have them combined with Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, and, and, and Le'Veon Bell. Then, of course, you add uh, Montavious Bryant to that situation. If, if, if he's the Montavious of a couple of years ago, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. But right. I don't want to get too high on Pittsburgh because I got high on them last year. Even though they did go yeah, to the, the conference title game, I got high on them last year predicting them they would win 13, which they didn't. But they did go to the conference title game, which I did predict. But I expect this team to be competitive again and win a division. And the Joe Hayden pickup was, of course, so they can go ahead and compete against the uh, the New England Pages. We all know that. Right. That was, that was all that was. That was the move. That's a that's New England Patriot move. That's why I got my mm-hmm. eye on the Patriots. Even though the Patriots, I forgot to mention this, even though the Patriots would be missing West Welk with a huge injury, uh, it's, it's John Brady's one of his favorite like, security blankets. I still think New England, I still think that teams, particularly my, my Steelers, had to make the moves that they made in the secondary. And they made more moves, too, as well. Uh, acquiring that kid out of uh, Tampa Bay after they signed uh, TJ Mack from Denver, but you know, mm-hmm. at the same time, you know they have you have to you have to stop you have to stop Tom Brady. So you either yeah. have to go out the pass or have people in the secondary who can pick off balls or force turnovers. So there you go. Going from one of the strongest divisions in football to one of the weakest, the AFC South. <laughs> now I like as much as I like Tennessee. Tennessee's getting a lot of love, right? I mean because I like the way. Mario, Marcus Mariota has been progressing as a passer. I love the Marco Murray mm-hmm. as a running back. They were the first of, uh, offensive lines have been playing better. The defense is getting a little bit better, but that's why I'm holding off on them a little bit. So that's the edge close to Houston. I just feel bad for Texas fans in the sense that if they had a quarterback who was worth a damn, the Texas had a quarterback who was halfway decent, they could be elite. They already have it in – and defense. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. One of the three best mm-hmm. defenses. Denver and I think Seattle will I would say Seattle will be the other. Oh, I'll throw in Baltimore and make it our top four. But they got too much talent defensively to not be elite. And plus their skilled players aren't that battle offense either. I mean DeAndre Hopkins is a stud. Even with mm-hmm. a crappy ass quarterback play from Brock Osweiler and some other cats. Uh, years before that, DeAndre got his stats, man. He was average. I mean, yeah. He was what, like 80, 90 catches per season? And he got paid, and and, and, and rightfully so. To, keep, to, put up, to put up all those stats with all the sorry-ass quarterbacks, they had to, to throw the ball to who gave who threw him the ball. But for that reason, I think that they should, even though the, the Texas probably won't, they should start Deshaun Watson. 
I think that mm-hmm. we should go to Sean Washington in a year. I think that Sean Washington had a pretty good preseason. I just, I, I, like, I don't think that Bill, head coach Bill O'Brien trusts him right away, which is fine because, you know, he's trying to win now. He's not trying to be hard at a rookie. You know, and Tom Savage knows Bill O'Brien's offense really, really well. But we all know what, what Tom Savage's ceiling is. It's pretty damn low. There's no disrespect to Savage, but he is what he is. I think for yeah. Sean Watson, I think his ceiling is much higher. I think the sky's the limit uh, with this kid. He's the same guy. And I know this is college, and I hate doing these college comparisons, but the dude lit up Alabama's defense twice. And arguably should have won national championships. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, is, but nevertheless, I mean, he's used to play on the big stage. He's not, he's not, he's, he's fearless. He's, he's a lot like Newton, Cam Newton. He's fearless. So I think that eventually they will, they should and they will go to Washington going forward in the middle of the season. May not be right away. But I still think they're in good hands. I think once the Sean. Watson develops, I think Houston will really become elite. That's just that's just how I'm feeling about that. But I really feel bad for Andrew Luck getting out of Indianapolis. They've done yeah. nothing to surround this with talent. The offensive line sucks. I mean, if you and I were defensive ends, opposed to defensive ends, we'd rack up five stacks apiece against them. They're that bad. Okay? Um, oh, of course I would. Yeah, there you go. And uh, <laughs> my swim move is nice. I was thinking of the part. I mean, Andrew Luck won't start the season. He probably won't be healthy for a long time. Fully healthy for a long time. It's mm-hmm. just too bad. It's just really too bad because I mean, he's a good kid, good young man, and he just deserves better. It's just, it's just unfortunate. But, but at any rate, I have Houston winning the division. And Tennessee competing for a wild card spot, but they won't be quite there yet. They're one winner, one year away, I think, from wild card contention and division contention as well. Mm-hmm. Now, God, it's, it's interesting. You didn't even talk about Jacksonville, and I don't understand why, and neither will I. Why? why? So I'm moving on. Yeah. Exactly. Um, God, who's that third team in that division? We talked about Houston, talked about Tennessee, Indianapolis. Yeah, it's it's weird. Remember how how highly touted that 2012 quarterback class was, especially with those first two picks of Andrew Luck and yeah. and, and RG three, and now both yeah. of them are are shells of themselves with only one still left in the league, and he may may not even play all 16 games this year. It's it's sad yeah. to see that, you know. Um, and, and, and Jim Ursay, the, the management that's going on in Indianapolis, is not doing whatever they need to do in order to, to help improve that team. Even though I would that's love to see, fire. yes, it is. But I would I would love to see uh, 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 Grover Stewart, the defensive uh, <clears throat> tackle out of uh, Albany State. I want to see how okay. he looks on that on that D line. I, I really do. You, you have the the one great. Um, Robert Masters from Alabama A&M leaves to be replaced potentially by another HBCU uh, D lineman and Stewart. I, want, I just want to see how that transition happens and how he competes. But, yeah, I don't see that, that team uh, competing for a, a division title, let alone a playoff spot. Um, like you, once again, I agree. Uh, Tennessee, they have one of the best 
O-lines in the league, top five, easy. Um, that running tandem of, of Henry and uh, DeMarco Murray is going to be great again. Uh, Mariota, once again, is improving. If they can get uh, – um, God, what's that receiver, the young guy for, for, for Tennessee? You know, that's the thing. No one knows necessarily who Tennessee's receivers are, but they're playing right. well with Mariota. Uh, and and that's, that's, that's phenomenal. And, and that defense is getting a little bit better. And, my God, a Rackpole who was a dumpster fire leaving Washington has rejuvenated himself and got nine and a half sacks last year in, in Tennessee. I, I can – exactly. I, I expect him to continue to, um, to at least stay on that path uh, of consistency and, get, and, 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 and helping that defense out. And I actually – we had Tennessee making it to the, to the playoffs as a wild card team, slightly behind the division winners and the, excuse me, the Houston Texans. Um, I don't want to reiterate what you said, but the one thing I hope happens to see uh, 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 Watson come in and and replace Tom Nacho Man Savage as the quarterback, hopefully by week six, and give that team just a little bit more of a boost. I don't know if he'll necessarily be that much greater of a passer in terms of yardage than Savage, but I think mm-hmm. his ability and play and athleticism will, will be that much better than Savage in, in helping run that offense. Right, exactly. So I, I feel you on that. And <clears throat> to round up the AFC, this is a little bit tough for me to, to, to uh, predict. Oakland. Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I changed my mind so many times between those two squads. I mean, I, I know that KC has almost all their guys back, minus Jamal Charles, obviously. Um, I really love the draft pick, the quarterback of the future, and 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 Mahomes, as I call Mahomes Junior. Um, and if he played well in the preseason. It's obvious that he's going to be the next big heir apparent. Alex Smith, and I think I see a young, dare I say, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I do. You I go ahead and say Kaepernick. it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And you know, I I, I just I just think that um, that um, yeah, I, I really do. I think that the the, the Kansas City's future is bright. I just like Oakland. I like the fact that you have a guy and um, the quarterback. Uh, Derek Carr coming back with a vengeance. The defense is improving, but they're not all the way there yet. They're not all the way mm-hmm. there yet, but they're improving. And so I got them by the edge, by a hair over Kansas City. And I like the Chargers. They're improving. Uh, I got them coming third over Denver. Yes, I got Denver finishing in the cellar. They have a hell of a defense. The offense is none, none to write home about. And no. I think that's going to – and plus the internal strike with T.J. Ward's departure, a lot of teams, a lot of players in that locker room were mad about that. I don't know how that's going to play in Vance Joseph's first year in Denver. But I really – this division is tough, man. But it's so tough. I see San Diego I – mean, San Diego. They should have kept the ass in San Diego. But I see the Chargers, yeah. L.A. Chargers improving. But I see – but I don't, I don't see Denver – I wouldn't shot me if Denver's in the cellar to finish the season. Let's put it that way. Mm. Now, the L.A. Chargers, as scrappy as they are, 
have always been injury riddled, and that's the one thing that concerns yep. me about that team. Um, if they right. can somehow stay healthy, I can see them potentially end up being finishing in third place in that division over Denver. But I have Denver finishing in third, probably at around eight and eight. Um, right. The one thing that I disagree with you about in this division, of course, I have Kansas City as a team winning the division. The reason why is because I don't trust Oakland's defense just yet, and I'm not completely sold on Marshawn. Marshawn didn't have a fantastic year uh, his last year in Seattle, and part of that right. too, it was was due to injury. But um, you know, a, a a year older and a year out of football, you know, I don't know how much that's going to help that offense. Uh, but of course, Derek Carr is going to be Derek Carr, and they do have great wide receiver play out of the 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 the, the biggest scrub wide receiver scrub in the league, according to uh, Richard Sherman, uh, uh, Michael Crabtree, and, and Amari right. Cooper. That 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 tandem works fantastic with with the, uh, with Derek Carr. Um, or is it is it David? Is it David Carr? Am I calling the wrong Derek, name? Derek. It is Derek. Okay, I want to make sure, because in the back of my head, I hear someone else messing up his name, and I was scared that I was going to mess it up. But um, Uh, as much as I like that offense, that defense, even though they're getting a little bit better, I'm still a little bit afraid of. And last year, Kansas City has had a way of scoring every which way that they could, which is uh, uh, scoring points through the run game, the pass game, special teams, trick plays. Kansas City and, and Andy Reid just, just know how to win at least 10 games. That's what Andy Reid will give you. Andy Reid, he right. takes the 10 games a, a, a year. And I think 10 games in that division will be just enough in order for them, for them to win it. And I got Oakland coming through as the other uh, wild card team in, in the AFC. So you basically have, just to recap, you got KC winning the division, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And again, I flip flop back and forth between the two. They're so close. They're yeah, so close. And uh, I, I just really, I really, really like both squads. It's good to see that Oakland Kansas City rivalry rekindled like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's going to be fun to watch this year. So speaking of rivalry rekindling, even though it never really fizzled out, let's go to the NFC East. I mean, it's a two-team race between the Giants and the Cowboys. And I, and I don't think it's going to be even close. I, I, I like the fact that Philly is improving, but they're still a couple of years away. I don't mm-hmm. know what the hell they're watching. I mean, I mean, no no disrespect to you. All the respect to you. Not at all. Man. I really love your Washington squad. I know my dad yeah. is a huge fan of Washington, but I, I – I don't know what the hell. I don't know what the hell's going on there. But let's we'll, we'll get to them in a minute. I'll, I'll let you have the floor there because I know you have a hell of a lot to say about that. But yeah, I'm gonna try to keep um, that as consistent as possible. Yeah, <laughs> you go. <laughs> but I think that the, I have the Giants coming out on top of this division, dude, simply because Dallas they played with a third or fourth place schedule last year, and mm-hmm. I know you can't you can't blame them for the teams they played. It's not their fault. I get that. But the, the roads could be tougher. They get Green Bay, they get you know all the division ones. They you know they, they get Green Bay, they get Seattle, they get uh, uh, um, Atlanta um, this this season. Um, and then of course they get the NFC South, which is always tough. Um, 
But uh, do they get the AFC South? No, no, they don't. No, they don't. I'm sorry. No, they get the they get the AFC West. Yeah. They get the AFC West and the NFC West. Yes, they get both West. Mm-hmm. I think. And yeah. um, I, I, I think I think it's going to be a tough road to hoe. Uh, so basically, you got the same teams from last year being replaced with Seattle, uh, uh, Arizona, and of course the entire AFC West. That's going to be tough. That's going to be hella tough. Um, but nevertheless, I, 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 what will hurt the most, I think, in Dallas is Ezekiel Elliott being suspended for six games. I, that's going to that's mm-hmm. gonna really, really, really hurt. And I know people are saying, notably Skip Bales, Running Steel, which is a great show, by the way, on FS1, Monday through Friday, 9.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. Um, like, uh, like, uh, like the job that, they, that he does at Shannon Sharp, who I love, by the way, because he hates Dallas as much as we do, so we can, I can get with that. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is that I don't believe that the tandem of of uh, Alfred Morris and McFadden are going to make up for Ezekiel Elliott. That's not going to happen. I don't care how mm. good the offensive line is. And Dallas' offensive line is like the best in football by far. It's not even close. It's, it, I, I don't think they're going to match Ezekiel's Reaper, I mean, uh, uh, Ezekiel's uh, uh, production. I'm going to say reproduction. Production. But this is all going to depend upon one, Dak Prescott. This is going to be truly his team the first half of the season. Almost the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. And he, this, and we're going to know if this, if he was a one-year wonder or if he's a, he was just a product of having a great running game. I'm hoping, I mean, I, I hate Dallas, but for his sake, I hope he does well. Because he seems like a good young brother, with a good with a great head on his shoulders, very humble. I love I love humble guys in that in that setting like that. But I think that I, I think they're gonna come up a little bit short. Some people don't even have to make it a playoff. I'm not gonna go that far. I think they'll get a wild card. Oh wow! I think that I think that the Giants they have they own Dallas, and with the, the addition they made defensively. And I know that they still have a running game on offense, but Brandon Marshall to go along with uh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and and and, and, and Odell is, is not healthy. He may not even start the season, which makes the acquisition of Brandon Marshall even more uh, uh, important in vital. Mm-hmm. And you know they have other wide wide outs like on that squad. I forget the young guy from last year who really did well. Um, uh, Shepard. Sterling Shepard. Yeah, 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 exactly. So to go on that and Eli Manning, you know, hand it back in the pocket. If they get a running game, they'll win this division by at least two to three games. If they get a running game, but I don't think they'll ever have a running game. So I get them eking out Dallas by maybe a game or two. But yeah, it's going to be the Giants' division to to lose the season. Now. I guess, well, I know we see it differently because I see three games separating first place from last place in this division. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a very tight oh, wow. race. Um, when we have the worst team in the division finishing with seven wins and the best team right. finishing with ten wins. So it's yep. going to be real tight. And there's a possibility where the game go the wrong way, somebody else ends up winning this division. Um, that's how tight I have it. But the things I don't trust from each team, I uh, uh, with all of the additions that Philadelphia has made, 
I don't know if I necessarily trust uh, 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 their receivers just yet. The addition of Alshon Jeffries, uh, Alshon Jeffries mm-hmm. is, is is good, but I don't know how much it really helps. And as as I need him to stay consistent for or stay healthy for sixteen weeks. How about that? Um, right. The Garrett Blunt, another great addition. Even though Zach Brown said he got something for him for week one, he said that Zach, he said uh, Legarrette Blunt don't even want to see him come week one. I, I wish you you were able to hear the audio for the comments in which he made. But statistically, he was kind of right if you looked at uh, Legarrette Blunt's rushing yards against that Buffalo defense last year. Even though I'm not saying that Buffalo and Washington's defense is the same, far from different. Sure. But um, I digress. Um, like I said, I got question marks about the receiving game and, and how consistent that good defense of of Philadelphia can be because they were a top five defense last year, but yet they got swept right. by Washington. You know, and, and right. it's you know Washington is my squad, uh, and I want to sit here and not you know well I don't want to sit here and talk badly about them for a long period of time because I know we don't have forever, and I can short do it in forever. But um, things that concern me about Washington are actually both sides of the ball. Um, as great of a passer as, as Cousins is, I want to see what this receiving core does because it's completely new and completely different. Running game has not been a consistent one over the past couple of years, ever since the Shanahan's have left. Um, they don't necessarily need a thriving running game in order to succeed, but I, I would like to see a resemblance of one. Um, especially with this passing game still looking to get off the floor, even though the receivers that they have are young, but they're perceived to be talented. I want to see if they can make that step, especially with Jordan Reed being there with them and whether or not Jordan Reed can stay healthy. That's another thing, too. Um, wow, Junior Gallette is back. Or, or actually, Junior Gallette is finally playing. After two years of waiting for him and his Achilles situation, he finally gets a chance to play. Um, but once again, other injuries on that D line and the linebacking core, I, I kind of question. And then, my God, Sewer Cravens in the dis- late decision that he decided to make to tell the team peace out, literally, um, and w- with him and his retirement, what are the Skins going to do with the safety spot? You know, you have D'Angelo Hall, excuse me, who won't be ready. He's on a pop list and won't be able to come back for about a month. So I want to know what this team is going to look like in the first couple of weeks. Because these first four weeks are going to be very telling uh, versus Philadelphia, versus Kansas City, um, San Francisco, and the Rams. And with San Fran and the Rams, with the head coach being former offensive coordinators of the organization, that's going to be interesting as well. So you've got to watch those. But I have the Skins in third. Second, I have Dallas. Um, the Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, uh, a suspension concerns me, and the concerns me for this reason. I think I've been on this show a lot over the past couple of years saying this one thing. You can get running yards in, in Dallas because, of course, they have one of the best uh, O-lines in, in the sport. But right. the problem is they couldn't get any touchdown production or big play production out of that running back spot. And now they're right back to uh, – to, uh, Darian McFadden, and, and Alfred Morris. Now, Alfred Morris was capable of having big plays in, in D.C., 
when he got to um to to Dallas and didn't get a chance to get a lot of carries. If he doesn't get a lot of carries in Dallas, she's not going to be that effective, in my personal opinion. Again, but you got to remember, right. um, McFadden is comfortable in that offense, so it's a possibility he may get the bulk of the carries. Um, right. And I'm wondering whether or not the teams have the tape on on, on uh, Dak uh, this year or not. Uh, but it's a possibility that you know he may hit that sophomore slump. And as much as I don't want to pick the Giants to win the division, I think they do. But the biggest fear that I have of theirs, they're talented at the receiver spot, but that running game, Paul Perkins, who? And also, I'm concerned about mm-hmm. the tackles at, at, uh, at, at, at New York as well because Eli has a problem with standing up over the past couple of years. He's been hit a lot, and, and, and I'm concerned about that. But uh, for whatever reason, man, they just, they've had the capability of playing Dallas well and huh, where do they start to sit uh, the year off this year in Dallas? If they can go ahead and keep that string running, um, they can go ahead and, and, and get an early start on a, on a, on a team that's going to be uh, Zeke-less for, for six weeks potentially. Yeah, I feel on that. feel on that. Let's move on to the NFC North Division. Uh, i got three more divisions to go. Um, this is going to be pretty short. Green Bay's winning yeah. division. Heck. Next. Green Bay wins the division. Minnesota's competitive, but Green Bay wins the division. Next. Exactly. There you go. That was, it. That was quick and easy. Uh, <laughs> is the only, is this, is, if only the only ones were easy as well, but speaking of which, this is going to be a tough one. The NFC South. Um, nah. This is why I think this is tricky. This is very tricky. Um, I'll, as much love as Atlanta's getting for the record-breaking offense last season, I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to be covered from the choke job that they laid in Super Bowl 51 last season. I don't think it, I don't know how they can recover from that. You're up 28-3 in the third quarter, and you lose. Um, but anyway, I don't think they're going to recover from that. I don't think mm-hmm. Cam Newton fully 100% in Carolina. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I love the draft picks. I Like, I love – uh, Chris McCaffrey, I think he's going to be a stud. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I know people call him the white Reggie Bush, but that's giving it, that, that that's disrespectful. <laughs> I think he's going to be better than Reggie Bush. That's just my opinion. Um, mm. I, I, as long as I'm running in between the tackles, I, I, I think McCaffrey's going to be great. Um, I like getting back uh, Travis Benjamin. Um, I, I really like you know the fact that. that Gives Cam Newton another weapon. I like Chris Samuels picked out of Ohio State. Um, the mm-hmm. defense better, and the defense has played looked better in this preseason. But I, I I don't think Cam Newton's fully healthy, man. And mm. you know, if Cam Newton's not fully healthy, I don't I don't think Carolina could do but so much. And last I checked in New Orleans, that they still don't play defense in New Orleans. So it's no. bad for Drew Brees, which leaves me with. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to be my NFC South winner. I like wow. the guys. I, I like Tampa Bay a lot. I like. I really like Jameis Winston's development as a quarterback. I like the fact that they acquired Deshaun Jackson to go along with Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. I think the running back will be better this year. Uh, the little bowling ball there behind the line. As long as Winston continues to minimize his mistakes, 
he played well last year. And I, I, I see the pendulum just ticking up a little bit. I think I see the, the hill, as well, the Tampa Bay going up that proverbial hill in terms of wins per season, the last three, two, two seasons, I guess. So, you know, you know the defense is playing better. Again, better talent on defense. T.J. Woods will really help Tampa Bay secondary. And then will be playing mm-hmm. for a mean because T.J. Ward is pissed off that he that he got traded for, that not traded but that he got ducked from Denver. He's gonna yeah. be playing pissed off because that's gonna really help the leadership along with with uh, Gerald McCoy on that defense. So I really think, and plus Tampa Tampa has an easier schedule. So I I I really see Tampa Bay. I think this is the time. I think this is the time to usurp Atlanta, cruise past the Panthers, and. Don't worry about the Saints because, again, the Saints do not play defense. As prolific as the offensive is in New Orleans, they don't play defense. So I, I got Tampa as my put up a shut up winning that division. And perhaps Carolina Panthers getting a wild card. Mm. Now, this is where my concerns come in with the, uh, the NFC South. Um, still probably miss uh, Josh Norman. In Carolina, but that, that secondary well, is a, a year older, and they brought back. Right. Did they bring back Captain Murderland? I don't know. I gotta check. I know they brought That's back right. one of their older corners to help out that 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 young uh, secondary, but I still don't see them, you know, making that push for a division title just yet. Um, right. New Orleans, they just like you said, they miss a the defense. Um, I like Tampa. Tampa is, is going to improve with a lot of the uh, off-season acquisitions that they made. The, 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 I like to call them Washington South with Deshaun Jackson, and of course, my man Chris Baker. And then, of course, you add yeah. in uh, T.J. Ward with that, that defense with Gerald McCoy, and they get a little bit better. Matter of fact, I, I'm thinking that they will go ahead and compete for a wild card with my other wild card team uh, that I have in, in Dallas, but I don't think they do it just yet. And I have Atlanta winning the division again, but they're going to miss Mike Shanahan on that offensive yeah. side of the ball and, and, and calling plays and being able to call run plays. Well, Kyle Shanahan, yes, I'm sorry about that. They're going to miss Kyle. And and even though he didn't call the best plays in the Super Bowl to, in that fourth quarter, he was capable of calling the right plays in order for them to go 13-3. and three. And they're going to miss him. But I still have them winning 10 games and winning that division. I think that division is going to be tight, like the NFC East as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Uh, it's going to be very, very tight. So I got the winner mm-hmm. winning 10 games. I think it's going to be tight that tight. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So do I. The, the NFC West, this is Seattle's division, hands down. I, I, I like Arizona. I like the defense that they were well coached by a dude. Who wears a Kangol hat? I love any old-school hmm. cat who wears a Kangol hat. In this case, a hip white guy <laughs> doing his thing. <laughs> you don't see that Kangol's these days. But God bless them both. But, but, but at any rate, I think Arizona, while very talented defensively, they're like Seattle lights. But um, they're too old on offense. I think Carson Palmer, yeah. this maybe is last one or two years, so we'll see him start – in this league, um, very for sure, this may be his last season. I like the running back, Johnson, 
that Johnson kid. I really like him. He's one of those unsung guys you don't really hear about, but David Johnson, he's a he's a fantasy football machine. He can he can mm-hmm. do it all. He can run. He can catch the football. Uh, not as, as as heralded as Le'Veon Bell and you know Ezekiel Elliott and those guys, but he can do it. But but uh, he yeah. can do the damn. He's talented. Um, I just think again, I just think they're older on offense, and unless they could package one more run for Larry Fitzgerald for Carson Palmer, I I see him looking the outside looking in as far as plus. I see him at like nine and seven ish. To the end of the season, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on LA on the Rams. I love the Sammy Watkins acquisition. I want to see how what Jared Goff does the second year. They finally have an offensive minded coach for your squad. Um, mm-hmm. And you know they got rid of Mister Seven and Nine himself, Jeff Fisher, finally. But I, I want to see what Jared Goff does under this new coach, and if he improves. With that defense, the defense is still stout in L.A. Even even without uh, uh, um, um, that, uh, what's that kid's name? That like Arnold, like Donald, and Donald, yeah, Aaron Donald, yeah. I, I like we're, even without him. Even you know, even though they should sign him, they should take care of him because he's a stud. But I yeah. still think that they are stout defensively, more so with them than without him. Obviously, but I I think that the the Rams, if Jared Goff takes the next big step, of course they still got Cal the girly kid uh, to go behind the offensive line. I think they'll do. They're going to be very improved. They're going to be much improved, much 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 improved. But they're a year or two away. So I got Seattle win this division by by two or three games in Arizona. With nine and seven, and the Rams. I give the Rams seven and nine or eight and eight. I give them eight and eight, actually. Oh, and wow. who knows what's going on with San Francisco? But uh, I, I, that's, I think the Rams are going to surprise a lot of people this year. If, as long as Jared Goff takes the next step in his development, they're going to turn some heads. I'm going to say this. I hope that Jared Goff takes that next step uh, in in in. His progression of running this offense, because um, that means that the Rams won't be chasing after Kirk Cousins once the season is over with. Um, you're right; if they can go ahead and get that offense up and running, they could be dangerous. But I have them no better than third place in this division. Second place goes to Arizona, like you said. Um, they are a little bit long in the tooth on the offensive side of the ball, but they're talented with David Johnson. Um, Carson Palmer, once again, old, but he's capable of, of winning games. The thing is, they need to go ahead and find a complimentary receiver with uh, for for uh, Larry Fitzgerald because John Brown wasn't capable of doing it. They drafted uh, Chad Williams out of Grambling. He hasn't looked good in the preseason. None of the receivers outside of Larry has looked good in the preseason, so hopefully somebody can step it up for them. Um, but their defense is still relatively talented especially with Honey Badger and the rest of the guys on that defensive side of the ball. Um, but like you said, the uh, the class of that division is the Seattle Seahawks. Once again, bad offensive line, but for whatever reason, Russell uh, Wilson finds a way to make it work. And that, defeat, that defense just got that much better after trading for uh, Sheldon Richardson and, and having him in that front. 
my God, they, they're they now going to be uh, that much better in terms of stopping the run in a division that has Todd Gurley, um, Carlos Hyde, and David Johnson. All right. So the moment of truth, who are your Super Bowl combatants and who is your winner? I'll let you go first. Combatants, once again, very boring. I have Green yeah. Bay. And 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 New England in the Super Bowl, and unfortunately winning his sixth Super Bowl. For those who don't like to hear it, I have that Tom Brady doing it again. That offense, even though without Edelman, uh, the addition of Philip Dorsett, they got uh, Chris Hogan that's going to be in that right. rotation. They have a, a deep rotation at receiver and at running back on that offensive side of the ball. And I think that they're right. going to go ahead and utilize it at, at, to, to, the, to the fullest of their uh, of their capabilities. And it's going to be one where a lot of defenses are going to have problems trying to keep up. And you have that rotation with that defense getting a little bit better again, excuse me, as they continue to get older together. Right. I don't see nobody, excuse me, beating this team right now. I really don't. Well, you got a half right. As far as I'm concerned, I got New England from the from from the AFC. I got Seattle from mm-hmm. the NFC. Mm-hmm. Damn it! What the hell? I got Seattle getting revenge on on, on New England. I just feel it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's gas, but I'm feeling it. I'm feeling something in me that's making me pick Seattle. One last <laughs> thing. We got like four minutes left. We got four minutes left. This is right. the, addressing the big fat ass pink elephant in the room. We all know what's happened with with with, with uh, Kaepernick. Being blackballed, we got two different mm-hmm. reasons why he's being yeah. blackballed. But let me just ask the I ask the question because we, we, after all, we're, we're both black dudes, for HBCUs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Are you going to boycott? Are you going to be one of the ones? Are you going to watch the NFL this season? Are you going to be one of the ones who are talking about boycott this, boycott that? Oh God, no! I well, I mean, outside of the fact that I cover the NFL, and I'm on here with you on a weekly basis, if not talking college football, at least pro football and the NBA, whatever. So I have to watch in order to to, to educate, to, to be educated enough to speak uh, uh, with you about that. But even beyond that, yeah, I'm watching. But there's so many other reasons why in which the league could be boycotted outside of just the blackballing of Colin Kaepernick. God, no one likes to talk about how T.O. was blackballed uh, out of the league. And he had almost oh, 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns his last season. But I digress. Right. I understand he didn't protest nothing. He was just jerk T.O., as a lot of people like to accuse him as being. But there's a nice article out there that says that he wasn't as much of a jerk as everyone believed him to be. He just happened to be a big jerk to the media. Right. But as much as I like to say that, you know, Kaepernick, wasn't as good of a quarterback as people like to perceive him to be. The league and a lot of these team front offices are not helping themselves by saying a lot of the things that they are against Kaepernick in terms of uh, John Lynch saying that he wants him and Jerry Rice talking about, you know, this is the Niner way, and apparently Kaepernick wasn't doing that. And then you have – front offices questioning their, their fan base and whether or not, um, you know, they, they, they just sign them. Yes. Matter of fact, it makes it even worse 
he comes Ray Lewis talking about the the the, the uh, Buff the Baltimore was going to sign him up until the point his girlfriend sent out that tweet. Really, really, is that the reason why he didn't sign him? So that tweet right. stopped you guys from being competitive. Come on, man, that's yeah. insane. But I digress. Um, and, and then I made a point on social media real quick uh, this week because a friend of mine asked a very interesting question. For those who are watching the NFL, are you going to not watch games on Saturday? Because we all know that the NCAA and college football is just as egregious in terms of treatment, not just to African-American athletes, but to African-American coaches and African-American institutions and and their treatment to to those institutions and, 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 and whether or not, you know, black coaches get blackballed or, the APR scores of HBCUs and whether or not these institutions have enough money to help bring in tutors so that for these students can go ahead and do better, not just the tutoring, but at least for these students to have enough money so they can go ahead and pay tuition so they can move on. Because there's an article that talks about the APR real quick, uh, written by Vice Sports, that says the APR doesn't care necessarily about your grades. It it cares about uh, matriculation and if you can move on. And if you don't have the money to matriculate, it hurts your APR scores. So that's something else right. that HBU, HBCUs tend to fall victim to. So you want to go ahead and, and, and protest the NFL, find the dandy. There's many reasons to do so. I'm not going to tell you not to. But if you want to do that, I want you to go ahead and look at the NCAA and look at their transgressions. And note, I didn't even say anything about players getting paid. That's a whole nother monster. So oh, God. That's a, I need you to go ahead and think through both sides <laughs> before you just go ahead and, and look at the league. Right. Well, that question was posed to me by my wife, my friends here in Cincinnati, and people on social media, my friends on mm-hmm. Facebook, on social media. When I say social media, I mean Twitter. Um, yeah. I... I'm, to be honest with you, I'm vacillated because I like between the two options. I mean, I'm not as excited. Let's be real with you. I'm not as excited about the season as we've been in the past. Maybe because I'm a, I, like I'm a, I'm a dad of a seven-year-old who's busy, typically busy on weekends anyway with his soccer and swim lessons and karate. If one has soccer, Kick it back up again. We got games both Saturday and Sunday after the afternoon. But mm. I just I I can't quit football, man. Especially the NFL. <laughs> I I can't quit it. I can't quit it. I mean, I can see ruins. I cannot quit the NFL. And again, I'm disappointed with them blackballing caps. I'm disappointed yeah. with the double standards and the hypocrisy emanating from yeah. fans. The front office. I mean, I I, I could do it with the fans, but the, the the front office and the owners playing us to be like chumps, as if we don't really know what's going on. Just just come and say it's because of the protest. Don't say it because he can't play. Don't say it because he he breaks locker rooms. None of which are, are true. And he was named the most. He wore by the for the Forty Nineers last year for being the most inspirational teammate. How do you give a true. guy like that? That award, if he was supposed to have been a cancer, stop it, stop it so much. Yeah. Just tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Just say we don't like his protest. We didn't like the way he sat for the flag. We don't even though, and we don't really give a damn about police brutality with unarmed black folks and other people of color. We don't care about that. 
Don't sit for our flag yet. I would respect them a lot more if they came out and said that. And playing the another. But they won't. And they they never will. They never will. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I would respect them more if they came out and said that. But having said all of that, having expressed my disappointment, having expressed my frustration with people who see me who see me do not give a damn about people calling this country, I can't quit. I can't quit the NFL. I I just can't. Um, so I, I'll be watching. I'll be watching my Steelers this year. I, I watch. I keep my eye on Jameis Winston and a bunch of other folks. But it may not be with the same fervor or passion, if you will. Yeah. But because of football so much, I I I can't quit it. I, I cannot quit it. Now, for those who choose to protest, that's fine. That's all well and good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to like, debate those folks. That's their opinion. Hell, there are people who are protesting who did not like the fact of players protesting the flag, which is mm-hmm. pretty ironic and silly and, and, and out of way to look at it. But nevertheless, I'll be watching. I know many folks will be watching. I know many folks who won't be watching. So, um, yeah. So I love I love this passion discussion because I need to get it off my chest. I've been thinking about it for a long for the past couple of past couple of months and I guess that's my answer. I'll be watching. I get you. Last two things. One, yeah. I don't I don't mind whatever view you got. Just be educated in your view. That's all I ask. Just be right. educated in, in in your perspective. Don't just come to me with this half you know, I'm going to say this half ass perspective that, that a lot of people have come to me with. You know, either in support or or in in, in support of either way. Be educated in your right. in your view, and to um get off the subject real quick, there's something for sure. you to watch out for this weekend in in college football. Once again, God, I hate to keep talking about these boys, but the Howard University Bison are on the verge of potentially doing something that no other MEAC team or maybe even uh, FCS team has done which is beat two FBS schools in the same season, they got Kent State this week. Kent State oh. only won three games last year. But, and and right. last year, one of their losses was to North Carolina A&T State University. Right. After getting thrashed this past week, they got Howard at the crib. And we know Howard is already hyped. If Howard can keep up and play the way that they played last week in terms of the play calling and the running ability – of both Phil Yaw and uh, Newton, they may end up doing something that no no other MEAC team has done ever, which is to beat two FBS schools. I don't know how many FCS schools have ever done it, but I know no MEAC team has done it because we've we've only right. had two teams beat FBS uh, schools in the MEAC over the past couple of years. That was uh, Bethune-Cookman over FIU, and then, of course, like I just said, A&T over Kent State. Right. How would a team that's only right. won one game last year maybe the first team to ever beat two in the same season? Watch out. How about that? How about that? We'll keep an eye on that. And thanks a lot, D. Hope you enjoyed the No problem. Thank you, brother. And good luck to your Washington team. They're going to need it. Oh, they're going to need it. They're going to need it. And I don't even say good luck to the Steelers because they got the Browns. So, 
There you go. But you never know. You never know with these damn upsets in the NFL. You never know. But just keep our, both our fingers crossed on that one. Peace out, brother. Exactly. All right. That, okay, that's my guy, Dwayne Ash. Please check him out on DR slash HCU Sports as well as Speaks Radio every Tuesday night on Blog Talk Radio. Love this discussion, especially the last part of the last last topic. I know a bunch of black folks are thinking about that, but whatever you choose to do, boycott or watch. Enjoy yourself this season. Enjoy yourself this fall. Stay safe and all that good stuff. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Got this Scott Burks, the Clown Hour, sign off. Oh, six. Good night. Enjoy. It. <laughs>